Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. We preview the first full day of activities here on the ground in Arizona as Michigan prepares for its college football playoff matchup in the Fiesta Bowl against TCU. From interviews with players and coaches to observations from Michigan's practice, we've got you covered coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, talking with you here Tuesday, December 27th, early evening here in Arizona, mid-evening in uh, Michigan, uh, as we have our full day of activities here in in the books. Um, We had media availability um, uh, on the property here uh, in Scottsdale uh, at the hotel with, uh, it was Michigan's offense, TCU's defense. Uh, so you kind of piece together how that matchup will go. And then we actually got to watch practice. How about that? Not something we get to do in Ann Arbor ever. It's been two years since we have seen a single practice. They we, like we couldn't do it last year because of COVID. So it's it's been a while. Yeah. A single snap from pra- any practice. Like not. Yeah. Just. Yeah. So uh, that was nice. So let's I guess we'll we'll kind of go chronologically here. Uh, and that is starting with with media days um, or, or the media interview portion of it, which was. Uh, again, with uh, Michigan's co-offensive coordinators and five different offensive players, TCU's defensive coordinator and five different Horned Frogs. Yeah, Ryan, why, why don't you tell me what what people should know about what we heard today? Oh, man, you guys are starting with, starting with me instead of Aaron. I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, it's 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 more about the the contrasting styles and um, and power versus speed and, and how both teams are, are planning to a- attack each other. Um, yeah, so it was uh, we got off at Michigan offensive uh, coach coordinators and players and then TCU defensive, the coordinator and defensive players. So, yeah, a lot of breakdowns of a lot of talk about the three, three, five that the Michigan is going to go up against and, and how, how Michigan can maybe kind of exploit that because it's something they haven't seen this year. It's, it's, it's meant to defend the air raid offenses that kind of dominate the big 12. So we'll see if they throw any wrinkles in there or what TCU does to kind of combat Michigan's run heavy offense. Obviously Michigan likes to be physical at the line of scrimmage and run the ball. And um, yeah, I assume we'll see a lot of that. So a lot of breakdowns there and then some more, it was more just, we got more, in depth with with these players and we're, we and coaches than we typically get to. It's not uh, oh you get called on you get to ask one questions per press conference. It was forty five minutes of 
uh, breakout sessions. And, and we were able to really talk to the, these players and coordinators about different topics too. So I think we were able to get a little bit more detail than we used, than we're used to, which I think should bode well for more in-depth stories and, and, and some, a little bit better nuggets than, than we're used to getting. And I'll say, you know, we did do a uh, Facebook live video, which you can watch on, on the M live uh, Facebook page uh, where we discuss some of these same topics. Uh, so if you want to, if you want to see us in addition to hear us, uh, you can you can go there, um, but that's you know that's the reason I switched it up, Brian. I didn't want to you know follow yeah. the exact same script from earlier, uh, but but I will go to Aaron now to kind of uh, get you know get your thoughts, Aaron, on what on what went down today inside uh, inside the ballroom here at the hotel. Yeah, Zook did a good job of summarizing. You know, it's it's a it's an interesting debate. Like, and I asked a lot of the TCU defensive players that, and even their coordinate defensive coordinator today. You know what? How does speed beat power? And it's a lot of a lot of the a lot of folks I asked kind of had to pause and think about it because I think a lot of folks are expecting Michigan to kind of run over this TCU team, then they keep it on the ground and just run over TCU. They're relatively undersized defense. The three three five scheme very much puts a lot of pressure on the back end uh, to kind of keep offenses in front of them and to keep you know to limit the explosive plays and the deep shots and everything else. Well, as we all know, Michigan doesn't like doing that. That's not their MO. That's not what they're trying to do. Uh, so in a way, I think TCU is going to be a little bit out of position. Uh, Matt Weiss was asked about the 3-3-5 quite a bit, and he expects, um, you know, he said TCU likes to play with three three high safeties. And so he expects one to kind of, you know, eventually at some point during the game on Saturday, drop down and, you know, help the linebackers out and defend the, defend the run because they're going to have to. We all know what Michigan's trying to do. We all know what Michigan wants to do. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's 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 an interesting contrast. I, I think it's gonna be fascinating to watch play out. You got two schools who have never played each other in two conferences that really go up against one another. So it, it's very much a you know which side's gonna prevail, and it's a it's gonna be fascinating. Um, you know, Michigan players seem more in like business mode this time this this year compared to last. Now, granted, we didn't get this up close and personal discussion with them last year because of COVID and some of the restrictions that were placed upon us. Uh, but you can tell, like these players are dialed in. They, they many of them were in this this situation last year. They kind of went through everything. JJ McCarthy even made a joke today that there's no beach to distract them like there was last year in Miami. Uh, you know, it is nice. The weather is nice here. There, it's beautiful. There's a lot to look at. Um, but they're here to practice and 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 get ready for a game. That's one thing too to point out. It's rare, and we haven't really discussed this yet, but. Most bowl weeks, there's like public events for these teams. Sometimes there's, ev- there's events where the two teams uh, yes. get together. There's none of that this year. And maybe it's because it's a playoff. I guess I don't know. But in, in a weird way, I think Michigan would prefer that. That's, I mean, that is a gr- great point. I, I think it's something I might be per- pursuing actually uh, as a story potentially. Um, because yes, I, I, I wondered that going in. It ha- has, we could, we've talked about how like other bowls that aren't the playoff have been like knocked down a peg because everything's about the playoff but even the major bowls when they are a playoff game do they lose some of their almost charm or some of the other you know unique elements about it like would there be almost anything different about playing this game just you know that in in ann arbor you know it's like if it's if it's uh if it's not you know if you're not doing the other things that like made it a a fiesta bowl because i've heard several players you know say this isn't this isn't a bowl game it's a playoff game um but yeah you want a tangible uh uh, element of Michigan's preparation that's different from last year. It's Ronnie Bell saying uh, they they came in, they they went to down to Florida much earlier last year. I mean, you got you guys were there. You re- probably remember, like it was. He said they were there for 
know, well over a, a week, like 10 days or something like that. And the first few days they were just kind of chilling and like not, not doing much. And then they, then they tried to shift gears like here. They waited. I mean, I'm sure again, they learned their lesson. Waited didn't come in till the 26th. So it was like kind of getting right, right down to business instead of having, having like almost too much time here on the ground. So um, yeah, that's an example of, of a, of a lesson learned. It's funny um, you mentioned that too, and I think we discussed it on the pod yesterday. But TCU, you know, flipped has flipped the script here. They're the first time in the playoff, and they came in early. They came in yeah. on, on Saturday, the day before yeah. Christmas, two days earlier than both teams are scheduled to. So they're they're the team now that's been here a little bit longer, um, and, and you wonder if that that helps them or hurts them. You know, so it, it is an interesting uh, you know contrast. Yeah, the the and then the yes, the TCU defense was as you pointed out just uh, a. A lot of talk about that, and 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 Matt Weiss, uh, Michigan's quarterback coach and and a co-offensive coordinator, he, he he was telling me like basically in college football, like these conferences have almost evolved into like their own little leagues, and the Big Twelve is is known for these passing attacks. So then you've got to adapt, and suddenly the players in that conference, you know, defensively are yes, faster and often then smaller, um, and yeah, they're playing with with more defensive backs on the field. So it is. It is fascinating. I mean, you get a lot of these Big Ten, you get several Big Ten, Big 12 matchups, um, you know, in, in bowl season every year. There's there's one tonight here in Arizona with Wisconsin and Oklahoma State. So I'm not saying that's a preview of what to expect when Michigan plays TCU, but um, it's, it's you know, another example probably of that speed versus power. That being said, I don't want to short undersell either team. Like TCU's got some powerful dudes, and, and I don't think anyone would say that, uh, you know, Donovan Edwards or J.J. McCarthy are slow. So I think, you know, they, they both have some speed and power elements. Another interesting thing that came from today, I was I talked to two mission offensive linemen, uh, Olu, Olu and uh, Ryan Hayes. And I mean, yeah, the, the, I, obviously Olu was on the team last year, but Hayes was talking about how like, yeah, they won the Joe Moore Award last year and then they go up against Georgia and kind of get manhandled at the line of scrimmage. Um, and a lot they heard the chatter about, oh, yeah, did Michigan deserve to to win the Joe Moore Award? Because obviously they they um, didn't uh, fare very well against Georgia's dominant front. So, I mean, yeah, it's a completely different defense compared to Georgia's this year, but it's an opportunity to kind of show like, yeah, we won the Joe Moore Award this year. And we're about to show why and, and be physical at the point of attack, run the ball down their throats and 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 move on to the national championship. So, um, yeah, that's I thought found that stuff pretty interesting as well. Yeah, it was interesting hearing Olu and Timmy talk about uh, he had already committed to Michigan at that point, but had not yet joined the program uh, watching that Michigan-Georgia game and kind of seeing, yeah, Michigan's offensive line not have its best game and, you know, wanting to wanting to be a part of that and, and help improve it. And, um, you know, he is he is he has done that. So after the after those press conference, like we said, we got to go over to a minor league baseball stadium. Uh, you know, Aaron was was talking about this uh, on last night's or I guess this morning's episode uh, as far as uh, um, you know the reason why to get to get on a actual natural grass field. Um, and yeah, we we saw the Wolverines in action, which was fun. There's a Facebook live from from that if you want to you know see what we saw. Um, but yeah, what what did you guys see? What stood out to you from from practice? Uh, well, I'll start with the offensive side. Uh, they were kind of split up. I was looking at the offense. Ryan was looking at the defense. So, um, you know, offensively, at least, three um, three wideouts were limited. Uh, A.J. Henning, Andrew Anthony, Amari Walker. Um, they were all in uniform, but not in pads and kind of not doing a lot of stuff. So um, I, I don't. it doesn't seem like a serious issue, but nonetheless, they were limited. It's something to monitor um, kind of going into the game this weekend. A couple other notable things. Donovan Edwards still has a cast on his hand. 
he was still going through everything, drills and warm-ups and everything else. Uh, he was holding the football with his left hand, just like we've seen him uh, the last couple of games. So I don't expect it to obviously deter him much on, on Saturday. I saw him catch a pass, you know, on a wheel route, like, no, no problem. You wouldn't have known. If you didn't know, you wouldn't have known. I, I got to imagine now having that thing now for the better part of the, what, the last month, he's probably gotten used to it at least. Maybe, you know, yeah. whatever pain he's still feeling, it's kind of just like, you know, he's, he's kind of numb to it all. So, um, yeah, J.J. Uh, uh, McCarthy is obviously out there. Davis Warren was taking second string snaps. Alan Bowman, as we've reported, does uh, continue to practice with the team. He is still on the roster. He was taking third string snaps. Um, I'll let Ryan chime in at the defense because he got a better look than I did. Yeah, I think the biggest thing on the defensive side is is R.J. Moten, a, a junior safety that has played safety his whole career and has started 10 games there this year. Uh, uh, yeah, appeared at safety in all 13 games. And where I'm watching warm-ups and he's warming up with the linebackers and going through drills with, with the linebackers. I'm like, uh, that's a little bit little bit different a little bit unexpected but then i mean the more i think about it the more kind of it makes sense i mean we you have is at the inside linebacker position you have michael barrett and uh and junior colson but outside of that there's not much experience especially with uh kalal mullings now at running back full-time with with the blake horn injury so there's not much depth there so yeah maybe this is we don't we haven't talked to any coaches about this switch yet or or him about the switch but maybe they're they're trying them out there they've been trying them out there for for some more depth uh because yeah i mean it, it would make sense because this tcu def- or offense too is unlike anything michigan has seen i know rj moat i mean he's six six foot 225 pounds so he, he's a bigger safety um, and not the best cover safety. And then when you have guys like Rod Moore and Matari Page, who've got good speed, maybe better cover guys, they could probably handle most of, of the safety load. And then maybe Malt could be more of a hybrid type or uh, give the, the TCU deep or offense a little bit different look. So we'll see if this sticks, but it was noteworthy um, nonetheless. It's important to point out too. Michigan has done this before with guys, especially during bowl week. They they like to experiment with guys. They this is often the time where guys who are going to make position switches do it. Um, sometimes we've seen guys go from the other side of the ball, one side of the ball to the other. Um, in this case, it's this kind of dropping down a position. But it, I think it's a good move for Moten. As you said, he's not the fleetest of foot. Um, he's more of a physical type guy. He was a more physical type safety. So I think. Moving him, dropping him down to linebacker, and letting him maybe play as a, as a you know bigger inside linebacker, maybe is a good move for. Him. Uh, and like you said, helps their depth at linebacker, gives them another option going up against a, a TCU team that can run the ball and throw the ball. So it gives them, uh, I think, some help with, over the middle. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and obviously Nakai Hill Green, a projected starter heading into the year. Maybe we thought maybe potentially he could come back for the bowl game with with more rest, but it doesn't look that way. He was was not in uniform uh, on the field during practice. I mean, he was spotted in, in kind of just street clothes and uh, didn't do really any oh, like physical Like a coach act- almost. Yeah. Yes, yeah. He didn't have any – it wasn't going through any physical activity at all, and, and it looks like he, he'll probably uh, not be returning at all this year. So, yeah, another uh, depth hit at linebacker. And then uh, – but on a, a positive note for, for Michigan, Mike Morris was in full pads, full gear, and, and going through drills. So uh, I expect him to be full go – um, come come Saturday, and, and that's going to be a, a huge could be a huge boost for Michigan getting their sack leader back for for the bowl game. You, you do wonder though with any of these, you know, potential uh, 
you know, position switches, you know, if, uh, you know, as you mentioned with Moten, if, if, you know, it's Jim Harbaugh knowing that Ryan Zook will observe this, <laughs> disseminate it and, you know, maybe, you know, throw TCU off the scent. I mean, let's, and watch him start at safety the whole game on Saturday. Yeah, that would be that would be a weirdly that would be a weirdly specific and unnecessary uh, adjustment to try to uh, pretend. Uh, but still, uh, I want to have all angles covered here on the Wolverine Confidential podcast. Uh, yeah, I guess it was any anything else from t- today in general? Uh, you know, again, as we said on our Facebook Live, it did hit it did hit seventy four degrees today uh, in in Arizona or in. Scottsdale, Tempe, uh, you know, wherever, wherever you want to say, yeah, sunny. And we, we've got the mountains here. It is, it is, it is some beautiful, unique views, you know, for, for these players too, I, I guess, again, like, like you said, it doesn't sound like they're maybe going to be getting out much beyond, uh, beyond practice, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a different experience, a place they haven't played in a while and an opponent they've never faced. So just, just the newness of it all is adds a little excitement to the matchup. It does. I think they're in a good spot. It's weird because they haven't lost yet. And I think maybe a loss maybe would have, in a way, kind of helped them coming into a game like this. But at the yeah. same time, I mean, they're rolling. I mean, they're playing some of their best football. This team, I think, is a lot, is, is, a, is a step up of what they where they were last year. And this is a game they very much should and probably can win. Uh, so I think they got, they're, they're feeling good about themselves. I think they're confident. At, but at the same time, they've been cautiously like optimistic. I think they realized being, as I said earlier, realizing that they've been here before and knowing the result of last year that they, they, they can't overlook TCU. They're not overlooking TCU. Uh, and they, they got to take it one game at a time as, as cliche as it, you know, maybe sounds. Yeah. It, it'd be a strange, so uncharacteristic to have a, a slip up at, you know, at this point, I mean, not, not saying that a loss would alone qualifies as that. I just mean a sort of a dud of a performance, uh, a game in which they're not focused because you just would have seen it at some point this year. Otherwise, right. I mean, how many times did we preview a game and say, well, this is, this is a potential spot to have a letdown and it just, it didn't happen. I mean, right up to the last game. I mean, the Purdue game certainly could have been that Michigan might be playing in this game in the same matchup, uh, even if they had lost that game and they, they, they can, they knew that, you know, at, at kickoff um, and still handled business, you know, somewhat easily. So uh now with a with a spot in the national championship on the line, it, it just wouldn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, we'll uh we'll have we'll have continued coverage as you know tomorrow we'll we'll get the flip side. We'll get TCU's offense and Michigan's defense, and you know, eventually we'll get the the full roster here um later in the week and you know get another look at the Wolverines on the practice field. So uh stay tuned for continued coverage on mlive.com slash Wolverines, the MLive Facebook page, and of course here on the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Thanks for listening.